0: You're listening to an Airwave Media Podcast.
1: Her Money is supported by Fidelity Investments. We want to inspire you to be in your financial front seat by knowing what you own, what you owe, how to reach your goals, and by having an annual checkup. Learn more at fidelity.com slash front seat. Her Money comes to you through PRX. Hey everybody! Welcome to Her Money. If I sound like I'm giggling, it's because I'm giggling. <laughs> Jillian Michaels is in the studio with me. We're oh in a gosh. studio. I've just just described this. Yeah, We're you in may a have to. Because anything
2: could happen. With
1: a glass window it's that supposed is supposed
2: to be soundproof, right? It
1: is soundproof. It's total, it's soundproof.
2: We'll see about that.
1: This window is the size of. You know, it's a huge, huge picture window, and her son, who is how old? That's him banging on he's the window. He's knocking on the window. Yeah, it's not
2: phoenix proof. It's soundproof. He's uh, he's six and a half.
1: <laughs> he's six and a half. He's missing his front teeth. He's got. Yeah, he's oh, just adorable, a mess. and he oh, is doing okay. a little happy dance outside our window. So yeah. if we crack up anytime during this podcast, <laughs> that is why. Yeah,
2: yeah. Forgive me.
1: For well, this distraction. Welcome. Oh, thank you. Welcome to New York. Welcome to the studio. I, I gotta start and just ask how are you I mean you have been you have been through it for well, you you
2: yourself have also had it right we we're, we're, were all we're just going talking about it. yeah we were just talking before we started recording and you looked at me and you're like but this is life right and it's like it is but you 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 put everything in perspective One, like yeah the year has i've had like a crazy year just one weird shitty thing Oh, am I allowed to? I'm sorry. It's okay. One, totally one weird, fine. One weird bad thing after another. Um, but like, my family's healthy. You know, we we lost a pet in the beginning of the year. But other than that, like, all my creatures are okay. Furry or six and eight. <laughs> Furry or childlike. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we we have just. Uh, you lost your house. We lost our house in the in the fires in Malibu, um, which by the way, like. It's kind of it's kind of interesting, like because they've covered it on the news and you keep seeing like this celebrity lost their house, this celebrity lost their house. I admit that it's very hard to feel sympathetic to that. I feel I, I don't feel sympathetic to that. I mean, it's a pain in the butt. It's it's very time consuming. And watching your kids go through the loss of it mm-hmm. that part's hard and there's nothing you can do about it you know when they remember like i lost all my ribbons that i won in the horse show things like that or i lost this from grandma joe oh my god i just realized something we lost of lose that i a necklace Ugh. that i brought her home from in haiti and like things like that that i you can't yeah you can't replace. Um, oh, my God. I totally just – that just dawned on me. Uh, but, you know, we, no, one, no one got hurt. We got all of our creatures out. And there are people that don't have the resources to rebuild. And those are the people that aren't getting the screen time that really need it and need the help.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, we've been publishing in our newsletter smart ways to give. People need yeah. – people People need money.
2: Don't send your stuff. Don't send your clothes. You know, I, right right I now. I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. Like, if you, if you absolutely don't have a dollar to give, then okay. You know, the old shoes to souls for souls or whatever. But, like, at, at the end of the day, yeah, I'm completely with you. And find reputable organizations that you believe in. Like, I just started going down the line. Yep. And it's like, okay, I'm gonna do this one to this animal shelter. I'm gonna do this one to like this fund for the California wildfires that like finds people in need. I'm gonna do this one to LAFD. I'm gonna do this one to like various GoFundMe campaigns. And some of those GoFundMe's like most of those are not um what is it, tax uh can't they're write not it off. yeah, you can't but, write it off but, but they're people who many. need the money. I, I mean for me, I did those. Um and a few others that are that are uh five oh one C's or whatever, they're charities yeah, and you 501C, you can write please. it off. So like I feel like there are there are gradients of giving and it's like if the the least you can do is give like old clothes like okay fine if the most you can do is select families off of GoFundMe that in particular need help and you have the means and the resources I mean so that's that's what I personally did um but it's very interesting because I'm ashamed to say this but like I've you know I was the other day I was picking up food at home in, in Malibu, and there were a bunch of people standing in front of a Bentley talking about their lawyer that they got to look over their insurance policy and like how they're going to get they're going to rent in Malibu Colony, which is a very wealthy area. And they're going to rebuild and they've been meaning to rebuild anyway. Yeah. And you're just like, you know, it, and that's the that's the problem. Like that's rare. That is not the majority. You know, they're, then there are people who lost everything they own and don't have the money for those crazy insurance policies, those crazy attorneys to help them understand the insurance policies. You're right, they, they need money. You're spot on. Well, and we're gonna have to dig into this as as the
1: calendar turns to next year because a lot of areas of California now they're saying you can't even get insurance, which Hates is something that, a
2: huge problem. that people have been yeah. dealing with. But Yeah.
1: That is not what brings you here today.
2: No. (laughs) (laughs) This is just you and I catching up on life. You know, going through like, wow, this year's been an interesting one. But I I mean, yeah, you're right. That is. And as you as you get older, right, you've got the kind of you take on more and the kids, the parents are getting older. You have more responsibility at work and more people that you're you're supporting financially. And you're right. So it's life. And it. It's like as much as you take on, you reap the rewards of that. But then you gotta kind of carry the responsibility of it too. Yeah, but yeah. No, I am here for different reasons. Well, <laughs> no,
1: and and it ties it. It actually all ties together because I mean, you dug into health, yeah, and healthy aging and living healthfully. With your new book, which is called The Six Keys Unlock Your Genetic <laughs> Potential for Ageless Strength, Health, and Beauty. And it is just out. And I want to read the first line of the book. Oh, yeah. Because it has to do with money. So, you know, warm my heart. Right. <laughs> We've all heard that old saying that nothing in life is certain but death and taxes. The taxes I can't help you with, although That's your job. I can. <laughs> you but do that. Did you know there is nothing in our genes that tells us to die? Yeah. Is that
2: true? A hundred percent. A hundred percent. Your genetics is essentially how your body expresses itself physically, right? Your biochemistry, inside, outside, all of that. With that said, your genetics are dynamic. They're not static. And... The book looks at these six body processes that are responsible for how your genetics express themselves. Whether you're aging well with vitality, immunity, energy, right? Beauty that lasts, like healthy skin, healthy hair, like healthy organs, fighting disease. This is so far beyond a healthy body weight, which is simply the law of thermodynamics. Like you can be thin, but still very unhealthy. So the key is how do we make our genetics express themselves in the ideal and optimal way so we get longevity and vitality? What is your personal definition of aging gracefully? I mean, I'm not going to subscribe to the whole like PC, age. you know, like anti-aging is a dirty word. I I don't buy it at all. I mean, to me, aging gracefully is doing everything you can to keep yourself in tip-top shape. Like And it's become almost synonymous with, oh, just accept it and let it go. Like, No, I don't think so. Well, no, I don't think so. so and at all. also be realistic. No. <laughs> Why would you? Would you just like, oh, you know, I'm going to get fired from my job. I'll just accept it. Or like, oh, I'm aging out. There's ageism. I'll just accept it. Like, what is that? No. This, you
1: wouldn't do it in your career. You shouldn't do it with your body. This study came out this week from TD, um, TD Ameritrade. And one of the findings, and it was all about how we're optimistic about aging and about getting older. But mm. one of the headlines was that 70-some percent of people said that 70 is the new 50. Interesting. Well, I just thought bullshit. I mean, I got to say, I'm 54 years old. I do not feel like 70 is the new 50. I feel like 70 is 70, and 70 is certainly better than it was.
2: Right. But not 50. Although, if we're never going to die, maybe it is. Um, look, the the first person to live to 200 is alive right now, provided our planet doesn't implode from global warming and what have you, because of advances in in science. I mean, literally, like, the, oh, you smoke? Let me grow you a new lung. Like, at the, with that said, it's cheating, but it's going to get you a hell of a lot farther down the road. If you're also taking care of yourself simultaneously, like, the advances in medicine in conjunction with healthy living are going to take you a long way. I do think that When we look at aging, there are so many different factors, right? There's your social age, like what's expected of you. There's your chronological age, how long you've been alive. Your biological age, what is your body showing, your organs, Mm -hmm. your kidney, your liver, your heart, your brain, with regard to how quickly you're descending into decrepitude? What's your state of mind? How old do you feel? So all these factors come into play when it comes to assessing how old we really are, and how we age. So I think that's optimistic. Um, I think that medicine is keeping people alive much longer, and I think that people are aging with a more youthful frame of mind. But if we looked at their liver, their heart, their kidney is 70-70, and that's going to depend on how they've been living for those 70 years. And when we
1: get so much additional time, we need so much additional money in order to carry ourselves through. I mean, how do people – how do you feel about the potential
2: of living that much longer? I mean, for me, it's about the quality of life, right? So – and what's the number one cause of bankruptcy in our country, isn't yeah, it's it? medical problems. Medical problems. So – Look, I'm down to be 110, 120 if I'm thinking clearly and I have a great quality of life. Do I want to have my children change my diaper ever? No, not ever. Right. Not ever. I never want them to go through that. I never want to go through that. And I never want
1: to not know who they are. I mean, that for oh me, God. that is the, yeah. you know, it,
2: it, put a pillow
1: over my face. Thank you. Right? I'm, I'm
2: sorry. I, it, like, there's no quality of life there. And so for me, like, yeah, I want to be around to meet my great grandchildren. If I know their names, hell yeah. And that's what that's what this book is really looking at is how can we remove amyloid plaques that cause Alzheimer's? What's contributing to that? How how do you inhibit that process? And there are, there are real answers out there. I'm very tangible, accessible action steps that you can take. But you're right. You need to be smart across the board. And that's why health and wealth go hand in hand. Yeah. And oftentimes when you're not physically healthy, your finances aren't healthy either and vice versa. In, in my observation... We're going to get to these six things yeah. that you
1: say you have to do, and I got to tell you, some of these are new words to me. I, had, I know. They're I, I, I don't. I'm not yeah. promising that I'm going to be able to pronounce them. But before we do that, let yeah, me just remind everybody that this conversation is brought to you by Fidelity Investments. And no matter what stage of life you're in, no matter what age you are, whether you're single or married or divorced, it is vital for all women to be actively engaged in our finances and our investments before it becomes a necessity. And that means knowing what you own and owe, what your goals are, having a financial checkup at least as often as you have a physical one. That is what it's called to be in your financial front seat. And you can learn more at Fidelity.com slash front seat. We are talking with Jillian Michaels. Okay, the new book has
2: six things. Well, There's six body processes. And these body processes are essentially the hallmarks of what ages us. So then the book is about making these hallmarks work for you instead of against you. All right, I'm not sure we'll get to all of no, them. No, we won't. It's, it's let, a hell talk, of a list. It's a very yeah, long, it really it's a is. long, very in depth book, but it's a fascinating read and it, the results are great, but yeah, it's it's intense. All right, we're going to start with the ones where I didn't know the words. Okay. Um,
1: you talk about mastering your macro molecules. What's a macro molecule? Essentially,
2: think of it as, as your cellular reproduction. Okay. Yeah. It's like, how do we prevent the body because like cells die cells get duplicated right and sometimes when they when they duplicate themselves and they make like two little daughter cells things don't necessarily replicate the way they should right and we're looking at why why is that happening and that's when you start to get chaos things like cancer what's cancer it's not bacteria it's not a virus it's the mutation of your own cells why is that happening And that's where that whole chapter is, what can we do to ensure that our cells literally are staying their absolute healthiest? What's screwing them up? How do we fix it and repair it and optimize it down the road?
1: And are there any easy ways to go about this? Here's a very
2: simple answer to this one. When we look at our macromolecules, they are made up of protein, fat, carbohydrates, nucleic acids. So right off the bat, a balanced diet? We've always known this, but somehow, like throughout the decades, snake oil salesmen with fad diets and a bunch of crap have sold us a bill of goods. I don't know why we ever believed it. Things like, oh, you know, this is a fat free diet. This is a carb free diet. Oh, this is a... the answer, very simply, for longevity is balanced protein, fat, and carbohydrates, and then not eating too much, calorie restriction. So that means that. We're not in calorie deprivation, which is starving the body. We're not in calorie surplus, which is eating too much, right? But you're in calorie restriction, meaning you eat what you burn in a day, provided you're already at a healthy weight, in which case you don't need to go into calorie deprivation. And you eat, let's say, 40% carbohydrates, 30% healthy fats. Polyunsaturated, monounsaturated are the absolute best for all the six keys, these hallmarks we talked about. And 30% protein, that's it. That's, I mean, I could go on and on, but you no. want the simplest, most obvious? That's what your cells are made up of. That's what they need. And when you engage in diets that starve them of one of these macros, you're starving your cells. You're aging the heck out of your body. All right. Engineering
1: your epigenetics. Epigenetics? Yeah, your Epi-gen- epigenetics.
2: Yeah, your epigenome. Um, this is This is a pretty intense one. But do you realize that even things your ancestors did? Uh, 100 years ago, 200 years ago. Like, we look at the potato famine, right, in Ireland several hundred years ago. Their descendants have an altered metabolism. And so your epigenome essentially marks your DNA and potentially the DNA of your future offspring. But it's also the concept of muscle-having memory, mm-hmm. It's your epigenome. We're leaving marks. When you work out, you're literally leaving marks on your epigenome that tells your body, hey, here's a blueprint to rebuild again. And that's why when you start to work out again... After a little while, you get fitter faster than if you've never worked out before because your body remembers. You're creating exactly, you're creating marks on your on your genome, on your epigenome that tells your body like to be healthier, to be stronger, to be fitter, to be more vital conversely, right, if you've got negative impact, the exact opposite happens. So we're creating this roadmap or blueprint for yourself and your future children to be healthier, stronger, age better, and so on. Whereas if you don't manage those processes the right way, the exact opposite will happen and you'll be more prone to disease, they'll be more prone to disease, and so on. So that one's a bit intense, but that's kind of the overview, and so the thing to take away from that is this
1: family attitude and habit of exercise <sighs> that's and that's one healthy. thing.
2: That's one component of it, but it's everything from lifestyle, stress management, sleep, food. It's it's all of it that essentially affects the expression of your genetics and the the genes you pass on. So, in that chapter, we look at like okay. Here are all the different habits, lifestyles, nutrients, and so on that allow you to essentially give your body a blueprint for longevity and vitality. And being consistent with fitness is going to be one of them. And it's even more interesting when I wrote a book about pregnancy. Moms that worked out before and during pregnancy mm-hmm. had fitter children. Interesting. Yeah, it's there. It was. Fascinating. Their their VO2 max, which is their capacity to absorb oxygen distributed throughout the body, was greater. Their level of muscular strength was greater. Their bone density was greater. It was really interesting stuff. So it's just another example. All right, one more. Strong arming
1: your stress. I, I When I wrote um, Age Proof with Dr. Royzen, with Mike Royzen, he always says stress is the biggest ager.
2: Well, because stress affects all six of the hallmarks, right? So stress is going to... So another key that we're, we're not getting to right now, but it's owning inflammation. Well, okay, inflammation is a great thing. How do you fight off a cold? How do you get stronger from a workout, right? But what happens is when you stress the body... Inflammation comes in, does its job, and makes you fitter, healthier, stronger, better. When you're chronically stressed, you have chronic inflammation, stress should work for you. Stress is designed to make you stronger mm-hmm. in every way, emotionally and physically. So it's turning on a component of your nervous system, right, that's like, hey, we're in fight or flight. We're in this process of, re- you know, run, get away, all right, great, and then we go into rebuild, repair, which is the opposite side of the nervous system, then goes in and says, all right, great, let's rest, digest, reproduce, heal, rebuild, recover. But if you're chronically stressed and you have chronic inflammation, we never get the rebuild, recover, repair. You never get ahead of it. You, you. Let me give you a very literal example, right? You work out. How do we get our bones to be more dense as we age? Lift weights, do HIIT training, work out. Why? Well, it's stressing the bone. So the bone creates these little micro-fissures. Then the body has an inflammatory response, sends bone cells in, remodels the bone, and the bone becomes stronger. If you're constantly stressing the bone and it doesn't have an opportunity to heal, rebuild, recover, you'll get a stress fracture. Right. So, again, stress is designed on an emotional and physical level to improve you in every way. But if it's chronic... It just breaks you down in every way. So having come through
1: this stressful year of yours, what is your favorite, uh, yeah. what's your
2: favorite way to deal with it? you got to look at all the different types of stress, right? So in the book, we talk about, okay, well, it's not just, oh, I have a stack of bills that are adding up. You've got, oh my. you've got post-traumatic stress, emotional stress from childhood. Yes, you have all the stress of breakups and intimate relationships. Yes, you have the stress of paying your bills. You have physical stressors. You have psychological stressors. So when we look at all of those different components, you have to address each one that you're going through. But they're going to be very obvious. One is your attitude about it Mm -hmm. is going to be key, right? No matter whether it's physical or psychological. For me... I just keep trying to go back to this concept of being lucky, and when I look at, like, okay, we lost our house in the fire, yeah, we lost some things that are irreplaceable, yeah, it's a bummer to see your kids upset, Um, no one died, we lost a couple of koi fish, which I know sounds ridiculous. And I guess it is. That's kind of the point, right? We lost a couple of fish. We got all of our animals out, horses, dogs, chickens, rabbits, tortoise, bees, everything out. Kids are alive and well. We had the foresight to be very well insured. And I mean, this is not an endorsement. I have AIG. They've been amazing. Like like they are not paying me a dime. Like I'm just saying because everyone's telling me what hell it is to deal with their insurance company. We have a great carrier. They've been amazing to us. I've had very little stress because they've been so great. Mm -hmm. Um, It's a pain. It's time consuming. And it could be like, oh my God, when's it going to end? Oh my God, I've had the worst year. Oh my God, I can't believe it. But I mean, someone could have died. Some people lost lives. There's a thousand people still missing. Still missing. None of them happen to be my friends or family. So I'm incredibly lucky. And then I look at that luck and I think, "All right, like what you said, right? It's to whom much is given much is required if i if i've been so fortunate then i should share the wealth of my good fortune by giving back in the ways that i can and i can and so again that attitude is going to be key and what's also very interesting about stress is that it's a spider web so once you get caught up in it you become biochemically predisposed Hence the concept of neuroplasticity, right? You're predisposed to seeing things as bad. Mm-hmm. And then the way you think and feel affects your behavior, which affects the outcome. And this is why things like these mind-body interventions of yoga, tai chi affect the the neurological pathways of your brain.
1: Even just a gratitude journal, right? It's just, everything. Just yes. keeping track of the fact 100%. that good things do
2: happen yep. makes you know and feel that good things do happen. It changes your brain. It will change the shape of your amygdala, which controls your emotional response to things and your impulsivity. It creates different neurological pathways for thoughts, behaviors, and actions. It sh- it changes the gray to white matter percentage. Like depression, anxiety, and upset are affected by what's going on in your world, but then that they- you become predisposed to it. So that attitude that you're talking about literally changes your brain and the way you think and feel, which predisposes you to a more positive outlook. It's fascinating stuff, that neuroplasticity concept. And we have the ability to change our brain throughout our entire life. We used to think it was just kids, but now we know, 40, 50, 60, 70, until the day you die. Amazing.
1: It's amazing, and it's an amazing book. The Six Keys Unlock Your Genetic Potential for Ageless Strength. Health and beauty, Jillian Michaels.
2: Thank you. Thank you, but I've had such a good time. Me too. I I go. Go. <laughs> no, really, you're amazing. As you always. Too. Thank you so Thanks. much. Thanks.
1: Our producer Kelly Hultgren has joined me in the studio. Hello, hey, everyone. So, what's so interesting to me, and and I, this, I feel like this is a theme that runs through my life, but also through my research. Mm-hmm. Whether we're talking about happiness, whether we're talking about resilience, whether we're talking about aging, or whether we're talking about good money habits, like, it's all you. Mm-hmm. It's all it, – it's not all. At least 50 <laughs> percent is within your control. Yep. You have more control than you think you do. Yeah. Yeah. And, and control is a thing that makes us feel better, right? Assuming that control, asserting that control, yes. taking the reins makes you feel, even if you're not in a fabulous situation, it just makes you feel like you can take the next step. And that one moment, too, like we're just talking about
0: like when the light bulb goes off and thinking like or knowing or realizing that you can do this, not even when you've actually done anything yet, yeah. but that moment of like, oh, my gosh, like. I can take control of my money or I can take more control over what I'm putting in my body or how I'm treating myself and how that's going to make me feel and everything else too. And I love conversations like the one you and her just had because the relationship between health and money is so – it's you so interconnected.
1: You can't separate them anymore. You can't. You just, you just can't. So yeah. anyway, really, really interesting. And so good. I, I'm just so impressed – with the direction that she is taking her career. Mm-hmm. I mean, these are serious topics that uh, we're all concerned with, but she really is digging into the research and the medical breakthroughs, mm-hmm. and um, she has a talent for explaining things in a way that people can understand, so I appreciate that, too. And all right. now we'll, and we we'll showcase questions. that. Yes. Well, we hope so. <laughs>
0: Our first one is from Carissa. I am considering dropping my professional union membership. Dues are nearly 600 per year, and I would like to put that money towards debt. I live in a right-to-work state, so I would still get the benefits from the contract. I've been an active member for over 12 years and admit that I feel a bit guilty about the idea of freeloading off the contract. However, I no longer feel that the union is
1: serving our interests or really working for us. Thoughts? So I am a union member. I am a member of the SAG AFTRA union. Mm. And my off-the-cuff feeling about this has less to do with the contract itself and what she might lose in terms of collective bargaining and more to do with the other benefits. So this is a time in our society where it's really, really, really hard to get health insurance at anything close to a great deal, I get my health insurance through the Actors' Union. Um, I know people who get their health insurance through the Writers' Union. I would just make sure – look, wherever you decide you shake out on union membership in general, and I'm I'm pro-union – I think you've got to look at these other benefits and whether you stand to lose something that could be more valuable. So don't let the $600 a year get in the way of what might be thousands of dollars a mm-hmm. year. Health insurance. Ugh. with SAG and the Writers Union, are those available in every state? Yeah. I believe so. I mean there are actors who live in and writers who live in every, every state. Every state? Yeah. Okay. We'll
0: do one from Caitlin.
1: I have a question about asset allocation. How often should
0: I rebalance my portfolio? Stock values have been a little volatile lately, and the changes have made my 401k
1: a little less aggressive than I would like. I'm 30 years old. Once a year, um, twice a year at most. Once you get beyond scheduled rebalancing, all of a sudden you're looking at market timing, and that's not where we want to go. So you know, at least once a year, some people would say twice a year, schedule it for your birthday, schedule it for the 4th of July, schedule it for some day <laughs> that you can remember and um, and just go ahead and, and do it. I mean, the other time that you may want to do it is if the markets have run up or fallen so much that you're starting to feel trepidatious and you haven't looked at whether it's thrown you out of whack, that's also a good time to look. That's me right now, Caitlin. So we can make a pact to look together. Well, yes and no, right? It's it's you right now, but the markets have also fallen a mm-hmm. lot in the past couple of months. Yes, they have run up in the past couple of years, but they've fallen a lot in the past couple of months. And if you've continued to contribute over that time, mm-hmm. you may not be as out of whack as you think. Okay. But yeah, if you haven't looked in a while, if it's so long that you can't remember when it was that you looked, you should look. Or you should put your money in a target date fund that's going to do it for you. Thank you, Caitlin and Jean. And we'll do one more from Brian. I'm a 54-year-old
0: man with 560000 in my 401k, and I'm wondering about cutting back on my 15% allocation and maxing out my health savings account instead. I would still allocate 8% of which half is
1: my company match. Your thoughts? As long as you're capturing the company match, I don't see a huge negative in doing this because the money – so a health savings account is – if you're not using the money, essentially a back pocket retirement account. We don't want to lose out on incentives, so we don't want to lose out on matching dollars. But as long as your investment options in your health savings account are as reasonably priced and as good, for lack of a better word, as the one in your 401k, then I think that that's an okay thing to do. Overall, you want to make sure that you've got enough money saved to hit those retirement targets that we talk about all the time, which essentially means by the time you hit age 60, you want to have eight times your current salary put away for retirement, and by the time you retire, 10 times. Mm. But it could be some of that money could be in an HSA, which is triple tax free. We don't talk about them all that much on this show, but the way a health savings account works, the money goes in and you get a tax deduction for contributing it, much like you do with a 401k. It grows tax free. And as long as you use it for medical expenses, when you pull it out, you pay no taxes. If you Use it for things other than medical expenses in retirement. There's no penalty, but you will pay income taxes. And something that
0: trips me up is that, and I hope I'm wrong, but not everyone is eligible for
1: HSAs because it depends on your health care plan, right? Right. You have to have a qualifying health care plan that is a high deductible health plan, but not all high deductible health plans are also eligible. make you eligible yeah, for an HSA, but you should know. Yeah, you know it's your employer will tell you, or if you buy one through an exchange, it's very clear which mm-hmm. are eligible and which are not. The bigger mistakes that people make are not opening the HSA, not funding the HSA, and not choosing to invest the money in the HSA if they've got it sitting there, which means it's sitting in cash earning nothing. Mm. Okay, well, thank you, Gene, and thank you everyone for writing in. Thank you to Kelly. And in our weekly Thrive segment, we're turning to the topic of rewards credit cards. If you're like me or many other rewards points hounds, then the thought of getting a new credit card with a big fat bonus might send your heart fluttering. But what then? If you're like many cardholders, you are leaving a lot of rewards on the table, and that equates to missing out on free cash, free travel, lots of other opportunities. So it is time to clean up your act. How do you do that? Well, for starters, as long as you are not keeping a balance on these cards and paying high rates of interest. There is absolutely no reason not to put every little charge on these cards because that will immediately boost the rewards that you're earning. Also, if you've got a card with rewards categories that you have to opt into to earn more points, quarterly categories in many cases, it's time to get with the program. And don't forget about online shopping via portal. Many credit cards offer you the chance to earn additional rewards if you use their online portals to get to a retailer for online shopping. Barclays Reward Boost, for example, was recently offering an additional points bonus for for cardholders who just clicked through their portal before shopping at retailers like Bed Bath & Beyond and L.L. Bean and many others. And you can find more ways to maximize your credit card rewards at hermoney.com because we recently wrote a story on that topic. I want to thank everybody today for joining me on Her Money. Thanks to Jillian Michaels for the fantastic conversation. If you like what you hear, please subscribe to our show at Apple Podcasts and leave us a review. If you're not signed up for our newsletter, you want to get that as well. Very easy. You just text "her money" one word, to 888-111. We will ask you for your email address. You'll have to give it to us because otherwise we can't send you the newsletter. But as long as you do that, we'll be there with the program we also want to thank our sponsor fidelity we record this podcast out of cdm sound studios our music is provided by track tribe and our show comes to you through prx join us next week we'll be back with dina showman founder of in her quests a new financial literacy program for girls we'll talk soon